it's time to meet up and catch up at the Weekend Water Cooler. Now, here's your host, Gene Bolduck. And welcome, welcome to the Weekend Water Cooler. I am Gene Bolduck, your host, and I'm joined by Penny Rich. Penny? Ooh. Hey, Gene. Penny, they're back. Yeah, they they're certainly back. are. I I will tell you this, and you already know this because I was, I had an occasion to fly into Chapel Hill a few times between the middle of July and the end and and the middle of August uh, on an emergent basis on the way to the hospital, right? Yeah. You drive drive into Chapel Hill and you're going, are they paving? Where is everybody? Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, it's a ghost town. You could have shot a cannon down Franklin Street and not hit anybody um, toward the end of July. Even, I mean, to me, I always went, you know, when I went to Carolina, I always went over the summer. Um, I'm very, I'm always very proud to tell anybody who will listen to me, God bless them, that I finished in three years. And this is because I, I always went to both sessions over the yeah. summer. Yeah. I took summer classes too. I, I actually like summer classes. Well, in, we I love it. I love it. I don't know why no, I'm not it was doing great. It right now. I really don't. Because I, um, yeah. I think you can take what you, what you were talking classes about? for almost nothing if you're over a certain I think, age. Yeah. But I what you're you, talking about when you couldn't, when you were driving in and getting there really quickly, that is called the summer. That is called the summer in Chapel Hill. That's right? summer in Chapel Hill. That's and summer. I mean, but, you know, I my memory as a student is that there were at least some people around. I mean, I wasn't driving in at six in the morning. This is in the, you know, the middle of the morning. I think each time one, one was in the afternoon. I mean, it was, it was almost, it was jarring to me. And I was like, it, it, it made me feel off balance. I'm, I really, I love that you can come to downtown. You can eat in any restaurant you want in the summer. That's nice for the locals. I'll I'll admit to that. I will cop to that, that I appreciate that. But the fact is when the students aren't here, I feel, I feel like I'm standing on one foot, like something's missing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. Thrilled that they're back, even though. Me too. They're just coming out of the woodwork. Uh, Everywhere. They're coming out. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I walk a lot and, you know, I walk campus and, um, during the summer, it was a lot like COVID because COVID, there was yes. no one on campus, right? And you yes. were in the car, you could get going pretty quickly. Um, and you could see it happening. I wrote a little column. I think you wrote a little column too. Um, you could see it happening as as the new students were starting to come in and their parents and the big yeah. eyes and where should I go and what do I eat and what do I do and where's Carborough? I, I'm told I have to go to Weaver Street. Is Carbo really far away? How, like, do I have to take a bus there? And, you know, and we just kind of like last, and I think I was telling you before we came on, someone asked me, I was, we were way over by the um, uh, the uh, soccer field and someone said, where's the pool? Oh my and God. I'm like, oh no, you're, you're not oh, near the yeah. pool. They had their yeah. phones out looking at the app and I'm like, yeah, no. man, you know, it's, <laughs> it must be like it is. Um, I don't know what seasonal um, affect there would be, but it must be like walking around New York city and seeing tourists, you know, I yeah. mean, that's what it is that, you know, the parents, especially parents of freshmen, when the freshmen come in first and, and so there's funny. a reason why Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so much more. Um, much I mean, more. I'm glad yeah. that they do it that way. I, I just think that that must be, 
a, a tremendous experience for the parents, good and bad. I mean, you got to wipe the tears yeah. away. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And all of that. Um, Absolutely. But I think you're right, though. I think, you know, the town comes alive when, when the students it, are back. It does. Right? We grow by like 30 to 35,000 people. So we go from 63,000 to like, you know, close to 100,000. And you can tell it's not, a chapel is not that big. Right? It's not that big at all. All of a sudden, we're yeah. like, whoa. Oh, this and is, it's really it's here. really something. So so yeah, when you when you're driving on Airport Road, Martin Luther King, when you're driving Ooh. across Franklin Street, going toward the Carolina Inn, and you look to your left and you look to your right, and you just don't see people. Right. It's jarring. It's yeah. it's this doesn't this is not a natural state for for Franklin Street. Exactly. And, and so I you know I was. Uh, uh, went to the doctor yesterday and thought I would be clever by not driving through the heart of campus to get there. I normally drive, you know, down, down airport road and then around the Carolina Inn and then cut through on Manning drive, driving by the uh, hospital. I know your route. Remember I saw you one day and I waved. Yeah, I know. And when I'm not hanging out the window, waving, <laughs> saying, I'm going back to the hospital. Um, I, I just wanted to avoid the hospital because I, I feel like I've seen enough of the hospital for a little while. Right. So yeah. I thought, and I thought, oh, I'm going to be so smart because, you know, the students are back and I'll, so I'll avoid campus. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go. So I end up on 15501 <laughs> and, and there I was in this long line of traffic, a lot of a lot of cars, a lot of U-Hauls and a lot of, and, mm -hmm. and a big information sign right before I was about to turn off that road saying, saying that, uh, you know, expect delays, students oh, moving yeah. in. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, <laughs> it's still going on. Maybe you should put it down a little bit further. Yeah, yeah I think they could have yeah. maybe moved it up a little further up the, uh, up the line there, but yeah. I, I yeah. honestly, I felt like a dope because I, I really didn't allow a lot of extra time in my, in my you know what happens. doctor's when, office, but they were very understanding. We have to make that shift too, right? So we were, we have had walk, I was walking around freely. We were driving, we were getting parking spots. We have to, we, we, reason why we live here is because it's Chapel Hill and there's university here. Let's face right. it. Other, it would just be oh. a sleepy North Carolina town. So we have to make that shift in our minds too. And, you know, I have to tell you, Gene, folks that start complaining about students, I just like, I want to say, I love the students. I think it's wonderful when they're here. It's, it just brings this, God, it just feels so alive here, you know? And it, I, I just, you know, I'm just happy to have as many people here learning and becoming the, the next generation yep. of leaders. Uh, it's, uh, that's what we're here for. It's, so, it's absolutely yeah. a, a life force of the town and is, is uh, well represented that way. Right. Um, right. I, I am reminded, by the way, that just a few years ago, uh, I'll bring this up. <clears throat> I, and uh -oh. let me preface uh -oh. this by saying I love my university. I do. I love it. However, uh, there was a summer just a few years ago when I thought, why? The hell isn't UNC taking down Silent Sam while the students are away? Away, yeah. He's coming yeah. down when the students come back. I'm telling you, he's coming down. Oh, yeah. We all knew that and, was coming, right? And, you know, um, the university foolishly did not 
go out there at three o'clock in the morning and remove when that they could statue. have you. Oh, I was up they, that morning. That, Let me tell they you. They should have done that for yeah. everyone's safety. They should including have. Sam, including Sam. Right. They could have um, gotten it away and put students, it in a museum where it belongs. The students, exactly as predicted by people who are geniuses, um, which does not include me. You don't have to be a genius to have seen this coming. Oh, my goodness. No. They came back. Was it a week? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the plan was already in place. We know that. I'm not now. sure classes had started yet. Yeah. And yeah. the students went out and pulled that thing down exactly as predicted. Right. And, you know, this was just, uh, this is just an appreciation that I have that a lot of these students in talking to reporters and stuff, it just reminded me, frankly, of myself many, many years ago. You know, they, they felt like they single-handedly discovered this injustice and decided they needed to correct it. They didn't care that this has been here. This has all been talked through and all that. They just said, yeah, well, that's BS. This is, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. and this is the right thing. That's I right. love that. I love that about them, that they had no investment in whatever the justifications were that had been trotted out year after year um, by generations before they said, yeah, well, you know what? It's different. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Uh, this this the, is after Charlottesville. That's and, right. And that's what we're, it took. That's, that's what, what it, it took. took. I, I, I yeah. absolutely yeah. adore that about them. And I hope that every year when they come back, that they rediscover or dis or for them discover for the first time something else that needs to be corrected because that's mm -hmm. that is the that is the energy and the new life and new perspective that that youth brings to us and that's how we correct long standing vexing problems like that. That's right. It's, it's through them. It's through a fresh pair of eyes. That's right. Hundred percent. And our excuses. I love 100%. Yep, I agree with you 100%. Hey, you know, it, uh, Silent Sam was just one, I think what you're saying, just one issue that has to be fixed. Um, I think with what we have in North Carolina General Assembly right now, and they're trying <laughs> to push with their conservative ways, trying to become Florida, I, I don't know that the students are going to put up with that. I really don't. And so I am depending on this generation to change things. You know, we have a a, a nice group of like mid twenties and twenty older twenties now, but this next generation coming in, these eighteen to twenties, they're going to do it for us because they're not going to put they up are. with this and, much longer. And yeah. you're right, and and they know, and if they don't, I know they all listen to the weekend water cooler for they, our advice. They do. Yeah, I will tell you, this kind of direct pressure really works. Mm -hmm. It makes change happen. In in a healthy and constructive way. It, bringing down that statue was the right thing. It's too bad the university didn't see to it um, without the demonstrations and all that. Um, but next time something of that nature is presented in front of the university's administration, I think that they will know that they need to be in front of it instead of waiting right. for students to drive them. Right. I, I hope I so. Yeah, I and I, I think I think um, some people in the administration, just from what I know of, you know, being a county commissioner at the time, mm -hmm. um, were inclined to um, to 
make that move. And you know that we had that opportunity that was, a, I think it was a Monday night into a Tuesday. It was a two, two to four o'clock in the morning timeframe there. And we had the helicopters were circling because the General Assembly hadn't pushed their ways yet. So we had that couple of hour opportunity to do it. And I think that um, the head of the university, I think she wanted to do it and she was talked down. She was talked off the ledge. Um, and, and I'm you know, sure she regrets that, by the way. I, I think she regrets it a whole lot. And I think that's, of course, one of the biggest reasons why um, she moved to California, because she was like, oh, no, 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 I can't. This is not for me. This this kind of behavior is just not for me. Um, but, you know, even before that, when, when Holden Thorpe was there, I mean, he thought hard and long about getting rid of that. I mean, I, I know that's that's one of the things that uh, is probably um, haunting him a bit, too. He had a lot to say about it, if you recall, while he was uh, on Twitter uh, during that whole incident, if you don't follow Holden, uh, you know, and all of these, uh, all of these things, yeah. all of that, all of that anguish led to that moment. I mean, I, I think that the leadership, um, they, they, they had to figure out how to get there and the, yeah. and the students got them there and, and we're going to get to our first break and then we're going to come back. And I, you know, there's just no telling what we're going to talk about when we come back. What's it going could on? be yeah, anything. It could be anything. To the weekend water cooler <laughs> on 97.9 The Hill. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back with Penny Rich. I was just talking about Enya. You know, I should put some background music on for this That's inspiring cool. segment. I was just telling Penny that you know, when I was at Carolina, I took Chuck Stone's censorship course, which is very well known in the journalism school. And he came in like on the first day of class. And he said to everybody that he wanted to explain his philosophy of the university experience and in his class specifically. And, you know, if you ever had Chuck Stone as a professor, you're going to have to stay with me here. This is really true. This is probably one of the most humble statements that I ever heard come out of his mouth, which is that he told all of us, he said, look, this class and the university writ large, but this class, it's all about you. I've already written the, the, the curriculum. You have it. Um, you have a list of all the reading materials. I've already written your final exam. Everything that happens between now and the very last day of this class, it's all you. If I fall down the stairs leaving here today, you have all the materials that you need to come to class on Thursday and next Tuesday and next Thursday and just deliver unto yourselves this course. Now, I think that I can be helpful in guiding you and making some presentations. But the fact is, what happens in here, the dynamic of what's going to happen and what's going to render this coursework to you, it's all about you. It's not about me. The university belongs to the students. And the quality of your experience in here is going to be limited by how much you're willing to commit to doing the reading and really thinking about what censorship is. One of our mm-hmm. one of our yeah. presenters was uh, Linnea Smith, Dean Smith's wife. Yeah, yeah. gave a wonderful presentation about uh, censorship and about pornography. And 
the conflict that exists in trying to control pornography without getting into government censorship. It's complicated. Right. Not it's easy. very complicated. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but he was exactly right about that. And I think when I think of that, it, it always enhances my memory of my experience at Carolina to think, you know, I think I feel like going to college is a lot like taking the public tour at the White House. And I don't know if you've ever done mm. that, but when you take the public tour of the White House, you get out of it what you put into it in preparation. If you learn about the rooms that you're going to go into um, bef ahead of the tour, when you're standing, I stood, Penny, in the spot, as anybody can in the public tour of the White House, mm. I stood in the exact spot in the East Room of the White House where all these treaties have been signed uh, where uh, where Nixon addressed his staff when he resigned. There is so much history that has happened right. in this one spot where they usually set up the stage. Yeah. Where in the camera shot, you have the long hallway behind you, that central right. hallway. Yeah. If you know the history of the building, then as you stand in that spot and imagine Richard Nixon stood in this spot Right. And was brought to tears and addressing his staff, talking about his mother. If you remember those events, you get a lot out of the tour. Right. If you if you don't know anything about the Blue Room or the China or whatever else is on the tour, or or Kennedy's portrait that's in the main staircase, right? And you, you know, don't get it. Yeah. And you know, you're going to be in and out of that building in a hot second and say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, interestingly enough, I did um, the the White House during the, during the Donald Trump days. Uh, they were they were oh. yeah they were they were um, bringing um, state by state in county commissioners to come in and uh, talk with like you know Mike Pence and I mean all of them. Um, and so we got free range pretty much of the White House. So we were walking around. It seemed so solemn in there. It, it just everyone that worked there. Um, the the energy was just sucked out of the place. And um, oh. it just, it felt so bad because you're right. I mean, you know about the history and you know about, I mean, I've been to the White House before. This was maybe, this, maybe the third or fourth time. Um, it, it just didn't feel the same. And right. it's, it was such a shame because um, that's the people's house, right? The White House is the people's right. house. It wasn't right. And, and you know, the first time I saw Trump in the White House, oh, I said his name. Oh, yeah, I'm going to I know. I have to put a nickel in the swear jar. I know. Um, <laughs> the, first, the first time I saw pictures of him in the Oval Office, the, here's how I felt. I felt um, I felt like I was watching a burglar in my house while I was on vacation. Yeah. I, I felt like I didn't want him touching my stuff. Right. Um, right. I, I think it, most of Amer a lot of America felt that way. Maybe. Yeah, not. it was just a big no. I mean, everything, everything was a big no when you're sitting there and signing things and faking it. And, you know, it was this reality TV show uh, fake. Let's let's use Sharpies to sign things. I mean, you know, who does stuff like that? You know, I, anyway, I, I just I just want to I think I think that you're right. I think that there are some really good professors and I want to wish all these students really, yeah. really a great semester because I know that there's going to be some really good um, opportunities for them, not only to learn, but but for them to 
experience and grow. And we, like I said in my column, we need to give them space to do that. And I think that your professor did that, gave you space to, you know, make your own decisions on how you, how you're going to, um, you know, achieve what you needed to in that journalism class. Yeah. And to, and to make Chapel Hill, their university town as, as every, as every generation of students does, and they're going to bring to that uh, what it, it's, they're going to get from that, what they bring to it collectively. And this reminds me so much of where we are in our democracy that, yeah. you know, we're going to get from it. I, I mean, we're going to get from it what we bring to it. And I really feel that since 2016, since the Women's March of 2017, mm-hmm. I think America is awake. Oh, yeah. You know, I I think it's been a long, um, almost shameful slumber that voters have had since the mid 70s. A lot of disillusionment, which has been encouraged by the GOP. And I really feel like people have awakened to the scheme of that, to the plan of that, the intent of that. Who wins when voters sleep? It's a right. it's a really good question, Please. and uh, and and Penny is going to have all. She's going to spit this water out when she's sipping uh-uh. some water, um, and we're going to have all the answers to that. Penny is. Oh yeah. Uh, when, when we, we come, come back. back from our next break, um, uh, you're listening to the weekend water cooler <laughs> on ninety-seven nine The Hill. Okay, I was lying about that. Um, we're going to have more questions. That's what we're going to have. But we'll oh, be yeah. back in just a moment. Stay with us. Okay, we're back with Penny Rich. Uh, we held it off as long as we, we could. We, yeah. I, my focus shifts to Fulton County. No, not Fulton um, County. I, I want a T-shirt with uh, Fonnie Willis's picture on it. And I and if I if I don't get that on a T-shirt pretty soon, I'm going to have to consider a Fonnie Willis tattoo. I, I just love her. I can't say enough about my admiration for her. Uh, I think she's um, brilliant. Just brilliant. Just tough yeah. as nails. And uh, I was listening to the coverage the other night talking about Oh my gosh, this is so delicious about Mark Meadows, bless his heart. Hey, he didn't pay, we didn't see his mugshot yet, did we? He no, not yet, because not yet, no. you know, because his through his attorney, after waiting oh. a week, mm-hmm. through his attorney, uh requested that first of all, he's made filings to request that all of this be removed to federal court. Oh, and that once right. there, he would like the federal court to just dismiss all of it. Because, yeah, just get rid of it. Because, and here's his argument. Yeah. Uh, this is just adorable. Just adorable. <laughs> Mark Meadows says that he was a federal employee. And so, oh, you know, what do you mean you're charging me with crimes? I was oh. a federal employee. Mm-hmm. You know, like H.R. Haldeman. Remember him? Mm-hmm. He was Richard like, Nixon's chief of staff. Right, right. Did another 18, 18 another in prison for right. Nixon's crimes and his own. How much own. are you going to do, Mark? How much are you uh, going to do, Mark? But, yeah. you know, that was his argument, is that he was a federal employee. And I have to think 
this falls along the lines of either a Richard Nixon's, if the president does it, it's not illegal argument or um, the generals under Adolf Hitler saying, I was following orders. It's not my fault. Or what's uh, your, what's the, uh, here's, here's another that's theory. His argument. I was an employee. But here's another theory. The, the Donald Trump staff or who, what, what he called staff never understood what their jobs were because they weren't laid out by, by, by Donald Trump and his higher echelon to understand how the government works. So they never really, do you think Mark Meadows knew what his job was? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I do, Penny. I, you I do? Oh, why do I, I, for Mark Meadows, I reject that. And I'll tell you exactly why. It's very Why, simple. yeah. Mark Meadows was, a mem- was, however fraudulently, we can come back to that, was a member of Congress. And he worked with previous chiefs of staff in the, that, that were legitimate chiefs of staff in the but White what House. What was he doing, Gene? No, and I even mean, through observation, all you have to do is watch the West Wing for five minutes, and you know what the chief of staff's job is. <laughs> the president <laughs> runs the country. The chief of staff runs the White House. Right. Supposed Did to be he? gatekeeper for who gets in to the Oval Office. That's the primary thing that he's right. supposed to do. Well, he's he failed. To, he's supposed to be, you know, he's riding shotgun for the president all the he time, failed. keeping whack jobs out, keeping the pillow guy out of the Oval Office and other lunatics who have crazy ideas and conspiracy theories about the many and sundry ways that even though there is a mountain of evidence that Joe Biden won the election, we're going to have some guy come in who is a nut job, who's going to explain why, because grasshoppers are green, that's a sign that Donald Trump really won the election. That guy should never be in the Oval Office advocating martial law, um, the deployment of the military, et cetera, et cetera, to a president who is vulnerable to flattery and, you know, any argument uh, any nut uh, comes in with uh, to say, no, 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 you really won this thing. And, and look, even if you didn't, Here's a way that we can manipulate, yeah. make it look like you won to make yeah. an argument. We can make an argument and then we can just throw so much sand in the umpire's face that there's so much confusion that then you can say, look, there's a lot of confusion and chaos. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to call for martial law to bring order to Washington Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and we can't do a peaceful transition of power. We just don't know. Look, it's all a big mess. We just don't know who won this thing. First, I'll throw all the dirt, all the sand in the umpire's face, and then I'll say, oh, my gosh, we can't tell. We can't tell who won this thing. You know, Mark Meadows knew what that job was, so I I reject that, at least for him. Well, I I beg to differ, but let's get back to the original (laughs) question. Where's his mugshot? Because you said he, I mean, they all have to have mugshots. Oh, well, he hasn't, as we record today on Wednesday, yeah, he has not yet turned himself in because he's, he's been putting these motions in front of the judge in in Atlanta. 
This is going to no. go exactly nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, he's trying to get the case removed to federal court. This won't do anything. He's still going to have to turn himself in. All of this will be rejected. It's going to take a little while, but it's all going to be rejected. First, first he asked Fonnie Willis for a delay <clears throat> until next Monday or Tuesday. Uh, because he's Mark Meadows, I guess. And, uh, and yeah. she issued this beautiful email that i'll spare you the details it's not that much it's a paragraph but but it's you know it's basically it goes like this no <laughs> i gave people two weeks to turn themselves in that's right and i will be i will be issuing arrest warrants at 12 30 p.m on friday which will be before this program airs but you know the point is his his nonsense is going exactly nowhere. The other one that I found even more adorable <laughs> is Jeffrey Clark. Oh yeah, what He's is he an doing? Absolute lunatic, and he submitted a filing to the court and gave the judge. This was uh, I want to say Monday night. And gave the judge until five o'clock on Tuesday to respond. Um, I'm not a lawyer, Penny. No. But I'm pretty sure you don't, as an attorney, give a judge a deadline. I don't think no. it works that way. No, 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 no. Um, I work in the and, courthouse. And I what can he tell said you was, no. <laughs> he really said this. I'm not making this up. He said that he should not have to present himself to surrender by that date because he'd have to fly to Atlanta. And he didn't, he thought that there should be a ruling that he would not have to do that so that he would not be subjected to the experience of, I guess, flying from Washington to Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. I I'm, I'm just going to mention this, the Atlanta airport, is uh, second only to O'Hare Airport for the amount of traffic that comes through it. It is one it's of the busy. biggest hubs in the world. It is one of the most accessible cities in the world because of that airport and because of the sheer volume of traffic coming into that airport. And yet, Jeffrey Clark, a guy with a law license, said to a judge, you know, I can't make it to Georgia a week from today. This was a few days ago. So I can't make it to Georgia this week. I shouldn't have to be subject to this. These people just drip with the contempt and the sense of privilege. Oh, it's They have been enjoying for so many years. Oh, yeah. It just oozes from their pores. And Fonnie Willis, my hero, yep. her response is, better show up. Yep. Better show up. Everybody who's come in so far um, has had their, their uh, mugshot published. There's a little bit of a delay. It's about half a day's delay. So Giuliani has Fun turned hat. himself in on Wednesday as we record. I expect that his mugshot will be out tomorrow. And, exactly. and the big guy is supposed to turn himself in on Thursday, 
evening. Yeah. He's going to do that in the evening mm -hmm. and he's going to do it specifically so he can make it a primetime television event. Because, okay. you know, more time on television is what he's all about. Exactly. Well, you know, you honest know. to God, I think that you want to talk about somebody who didn't know what the job was. Oh, absolutely. That's the guy. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's the I guy. Mean, I love no when he walked idea. in there. No idea. I loved when he walked in there the first couple of days. He had no like, okay. idea. He thought he, he thought the staff stayed there. He thought that that Obama. Right, staff right. He there. says to Obama, how many of these people do I have what? to replace? And Obama says, all of them. All of them. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, you know, when they make a movie about that, oh. I, I'm going. Oh, and that reminds me. When we come back, we're going to take our last break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to Penny about Barbie. Mm. Listening to the Weekend Water Cooler mm. on 97.9 The Hill. Okay, we're back and I'm, I'm interviewing Barbie. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank you, Barbie. I'm gl so glad to talk with you. We <laughs> <laughs> you you know my husband Ken. Um yeah. you know I I saw Barbie over it last weekend. Um and I have to say it is it is in in some ways exactly what I expected and in most ways not 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 at all what Nothing. I expected. It is nowhere near this film is going to win a lot of Oscars I think. I, I hope mean, so. You know, I thought it was fabulous. Movies that are blockbusters often are are dismissed in this way. This director is going to win Best Director. Everybody just remember this next next award season. Yeah, we'll see. All um, right. I'm going to hold this, you to it. This this female director, whose name I don't know, I apologize. Um, you know, it's a brilliant, it is a brilliant approach to storytelling um, above all else. Um it, there are so many sequences, and I'm not going to begin to start characterizing scenes from the movie. I would never want to ruin the experience for anyone who hasn't seen it. Whatever you think yeah. it is, it isn't that. Right. Um, uh, uh, Margot Robbie is, forget it. She's so great. I mean, um, I, I hope that there is not a moment of thought among anyone in the entire world about making a sequel to this movie, it would be a disaster to do that unless yeah, I'm completely so. wrong. Unless no, I agree with you. The movie is just called Ken. Okay. <laughs> well, so um, the, the director's name is uh, Greta Gerwig. Um, and yes. she's young. she actually wrote the story also. So, I mean, oh, did she, she wrote that's the story. Right. She wrote yeah. it as well. Well, she's a genius. She and is. And if she she's, were on the um, stock exchange, I'd be buying shares right now. She's young. She's only 40 years old. I so, love it. I yeah. Love it. And uh, yes. See, I, what were I, we I, saying, Penny, about young people? Young people. Coming yeah. into an existing thing like right. Barbie. Barbie. Barbie is Barbie. one year younger than Jean Bolduc. Yeah. And my sister and I, you know, my sister had Barbie and I had Skipper. We didn't and have Barbies actually growing up. It's funny. So we played with stuff. I mean, Jane West and we just didn't have a whole lot of barbie but so one of the reasons why i didn't want to go to the movie because i was like Ugh, i never played with barbie i don't want i i didn't really ever like dolls and all that and I, you know um so i have some friends and colleagues said okay we're all going it was a sunday afternoon we'll buy you a ticket 
you either show up or you don't. And, you know, I got done with everything. I'm figuring, eh, you know, go over a silver spot. What the heck? I can make fun of it all day long, right? If I don't like right. it. And oh my yeah. God, within like three minutes, I was so- Just go for the popcorn, folks. It's worth oh, it. Th- three minutes in though, you are <clears throat> laughing your tush off. And, uh, exactly, uh, exactly. Oh One it's of the best terrible. opening sequences of any movie I ever, ever saw. And I've seen uh, a lot of movies that were hilariously funny that were not that funny right. as this movie. It was it was fabulous, and just just the way they that they characterized each Barbie. Hi Barbie, hi Barbie, hi Barbie, and the different Barbies, right? Um, right. And and then of course Midge, the pregnant one. Oh, I thought we just continued her. Discontinued. I mean, yeah, they have to tell you every time every time Midge comes on, comes up, that she was discontinued. She was, all of this stuff, by the way, it's all true. It's all true. It's all true. That's what makes it so. Yeah. I I have said this to many people already in the last several days. Oh, what I wouldn't give to have been in the pitch meeting when this director came in and said, I have this idea for a movie. Here's what it is. <laughs> it's Barbie. And all, right. the, all the characters who play the different versions of Barbie, they're all Barbie, of course. You know, there's career, this Barbie, there's lawyer Barbie, there's Dr. Barbie, there's, but they're all Barbie. They're all Barbie. The Supreme Court Barbies. There's Supreme Court Barbies. It, even ugly Barbie, sideways ugly Barbie, right? Because there's always that doll that everybody put their magic markers on and drew on. Oh, I guess we shouldn't be telling too much of it, although I, I believe everyone in Chapel Hill has probably already seen Barbie. You have to um, go see this movie, folks. You, you do. Just, you know, yeah. listen, you owe it to yourself uh, to go see this movie. However, a little bit of local flavor and a local tip. Be careful where you park at silver spot because you need to park in a regular old parking space be on account of the construction there are fewer parking spaces i'll tell you what we did both times is we parked um on the side right outside of uh the pizza place there alfredo's pizza yeah so that's not a bad idea have a slice of pizza and we we parked all the way down by uh, yeah wchl there were some still spots down there right down there by the radio station so we we did that. So you know, I have to tell you what my kids were doing. I know a lot of the youngins were doing this. Um, both of them did it. That you you bought a, a ticket in the theater. They went in Raleigh, and you saw um, Oppenheimer and Barbie back to back. So it was six hours in the movie theater. Now you and I are looking at each other like we can't do that. I mean, I got to get up and move. I got to go to the bathroom. I, I mean, gotta, there's things that have to happen. Yeah, but I got to tell you, I just think Oppenheimer is not a good match for Barbie. I'm just well, telling you. They, I, they, I'm telling you for what I want out of a movie experience. This is just I'm being truthful. Yeah, I would go see Barbie three more times before I would see Oppenheimer, and I saw and loved every second of this movie. Yeah. I know what it's going to be. I know what's going to happen. And, and um, oh, I, I have, have not heard reviews of Oppenheimer that make me say, oh yeah, I definitely, I'm going to watch it. Don't I get me too. wrong about I, this. No, me too. I, I'm, I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to watch it on my TV. <laughs> yeah. Because it's three hours and I need to take breaks and all. I can't, three I hours. can't. I can't sit for three hours, but both of my boys really liked both movies. So it, it just goes they, to show okay. that it was, it was a sales thing to get them into the theater because then they eat a lot and they drink 
a lot and they're drinking beers and they're eating popcorn. You right. know. So this and is the Barbenheimer sense. thing. This they, is- yes, when they and it was the weekend that they it all at first they both first came out. They oh right, they both. That's right. That's right. And so they figured they would mesh it together, and boy, did it work! That was a great marketing tool to. to so get, so to get um to so Penny, learn. which movie is uh, grossing uh at record numbers and and wiping the field with everybody? It's Barbie. It's Barbie, yeah. Like yeah. two to one. I mean, I it's just, uh, it's, it's now so. Let great. me ask you: When you went so to the funny. theater on Sunday, so, did you wear pink? Um, what or... a what a breath of fresh air! I love did it. You? I love it. Did I, you wear I, pink? You know what? I cannot believe I'm saying this to you, but I did not. I was standing there on the way into the theater, and I looked down, and I said, "I'm not wearing pink. I hope I can still get in." Yeah, isn't that hysterical you, that you thought about that? Because I don't have anything pink. So when I got there and everybody was wearing pink, I was like, wait a second. What no am I doing me. here? I didn't I know, get the memo. I, I did not you know get what? the memo. They should, give you, they should give you something, a hat or something. Something, something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you know, it's like t-shirt day at the ballpark. They should give you something right. pink right. And, yeah, when you go was... in. I mean, you know, charge <laughs> me $3 more for the ticket, but give me a pink, a pink or bandana or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. kiss me. I'm Barbie, you know, just like St. Patrick's <laughs> day. Right. Well, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I love seeing anything that is like uh, reinvented and reimagined oh, yeah. in that way. Um, and I, I would never want to give away uh, any of the most spectacular moments in that so film. But I will say that I think that Ryan Gosling's uh, part in why, why the dynamic works so well depends so much on him. I, I just don't know if he's going to get really the credit that he deserves. I, I just think, I mean, there's a lot of people in that movie that I just thought were spectacular, just amazing, yeah, amazing yeah. And, you know, they have to believe it, you know, at, you, you got to wonder when you're shooting something like that, that's a little bit, let's just say it's a little bit off the wall. It, uh, you know, it's that fair right. to say? It's yeah, a little sure. bit outside the dream house. Yeah. <laughs> um, but man, you got to, when you're, when you're doing it, you got to believe it. Oh yeah. And, and, oh, he did. He, what happened? Well, well, I'll fantastic. say once he went, when he was singing to her on the beach, yeah. and, you know, four hours later. <laughs> Sorry, I know people didn't see it, but there's like oh. four hours later, he's still playing his guitar and singing. Still playing song. his guitar. <laughs> and he's, I, I mean, I, I think so he's, hard. I think he's wonderful, but I think he really delivered. I think a lot of it, a lot of it as a credit to him for, yeah. for being, for, for never going quite too far in yeah, in yeah. Uh, in that portrayal and and you know y'all when you see it you'll you'll know what i mean it's it is a little bit um it, it is way off the beaten path um mm-hmm. in how it tells the story which is the beauty of all of it um right. <clears throat> but as someone who grew up uh with barbies and i have to say as an adult it's this is just the truth i avoid the pink aisle in the in the toy store i have two sons and so do you yeah but i was talking to one of them my older son brian who has children we all agreed i don't know i think might get 
might get the boys a Barbie. I feel really good about Barbie right now. And, you know, we're thinking about Christmas and, you know, buying toys and stuff. And I said, you know, I don't know. I think maybe, I think maybe we ought to be thinking about the Barbie dream house for our, <laughs> for my grandsons. Yeah. I feel differently about it now. I really well, do. Well, I think they would All play with it. In the world to Mattel. Talk yeah. about the ultimate product placement, holy mackerel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So yeah, so very smart. smart. Yeah. It was fun though. And I, my boys loved it. I'm sure your boys, if they, I, I, they saw yeah. it, they loved it too. They, they just loved it. I mean. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, there's, there are too many to list if, if we were inclined to do it and we're not because we don't want to spoil anything. There are too yeah. many things to list that you want to make sure you don't have a mouthful of Coke um, right. or, or whatever your favorite beverage is when that line hits, because you will spit it out all over the people in front of you. There are it's, so many, so many parts of the movie that play like that, that are just right. unexpected, shockingly hilarious. Right. right. And, and be, very political too. Very political. Very, it's and, very and, you political. Know, it's very now and it's very political. And um, a really but, interesting thing. If you look at where this movie is doing so well in the country, it is a huge success in red states. Um, Go figure this out, Penny Rich. Yeah, no, no, I can't. I I don't know. Maybe we'll have that figured out by next week. But for right now, we're going to have to take our leave, I'm afraid. Oh, dang. And for tonight, what we're going to do is Penny and I are going to say goodnight. And then we're going to go put on the TV, TV and watch a little bit of popcorn and watch the clown show (laughs) on television, uh, also known as the Republican debate. I just, I have no idea what's going to happen there. Wouldn't it be funny if Trump called in or something? I don't know. Uh, Uh, I I don't know. It's one more category where I have no idea what's going to happen. No idea. I'll tell you this, Penny Rich. I thank you for joining me and having a little fun in my, in my, uh, my little sandbox here. (laughs) <laughs> and uh at the risk of booking you in advance i hope maybe i'll see you next week maybe yeah maybe yeah. We'll are you available week. next week i i think so yeah only if you call me barbie though i mean okay you know, so. well you know next week we're gonna wear pink you're gonna have to leave go. it to us to describe our outfits and <laughs> i'm gonna i'm pink. gonna say i'm gonna say once again uh as i do every week when i see penny i'm gonna say thank you barbie for joining me good night and- barbie Thank you for having me. <laughs> and y'all, if you're if you're going out, remember to drive your pink Corvette safely. Uh, if you're going out, be safe. And if you're uh, staying in, keep it right here on 97.9 The Hill. Follow Gene on Twitter at Gene Bolduck and tweet your comments and questions with the hashtag WCHL.